was the night before Christmas. When all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. Welcome to the uh, Wormtopia podcast. Uh, we are your hosts. <laughs> I'm your guest. Oh, wait. My dad is trying to tell me something. <laughs> I am your guest. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I am your guest. This is the Wormtopia podcast. So Emmanuel's our, Emmanuel's our guest. I'm Emmanuel. Lucas, say hi. Hello. Our guest, Abby, say hi. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Tyler, one Twitch moderator, Callum. <laughs> that is such a great title I have. I'm honored. I'm surprised. He's, I'm he's surprised our sponsor this episode. I don't think you knew he's about that. He's our sponsor this episode. He's sponsor, sponsored by Tyler One Gaming. So I'm going to introduce, gaming introduce supplement the needs. show, the very original concept. All right. Hello, everyone. This is the Wormtopia podcast. We are a film podcast. And we talk about movies each week, or not really each week, whenever we talk about them. Uh, we each recommend one movie for each episode, and we all watch them and talk about them. It's really creative, and mm-hmm. we're so smart, and I'm so proud of us. So this week, the theme was animated movies. The movies we chose were... My movie was... My, mine was Alice. Okay, Perfect Blue is mine. Uh, is this, <laughs> mine was Bell Down I think we didn't... I don't think we've decided on the odor, but the odor me and Lugu were thinking was Fritz, Belladonna of Sadness... And then perfect blue, and then finish with Alice on like a nice breather, you know. Let's just get all the <laughs> anger out of the way in the first. Few so we go from most to least rape. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Essentially. Essentially. <laughs> it's so awful. Is first no no first no, 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 I don't think first the cat is. But it still has rape. Yeah. 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 On the rape scale, on the rape scale, yeah, Fritz is the third one of these movies. <laughs> okay. So Fritz the Cat, um, the first American X-rated animated film. I don't know that's if not, that's, that's, not, that's not like a good achievement. That's, that's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. Anything that's like that's the thing with marketed, marketed. Yeah, that's right. That's like it's like, it's like marketed as if it's like the selling point. Mm-hmm. That was the I think the tagline. I watched this like video about it, and the tagline was. He's X-rated and animated. Fuck off. <laughs> so it was done by uh, the filmmaker Ralph Bashki. Is that how you pronounce it? Ralph Bashki. And he Bakshi, was essentially yeah. an animator before Bakshi, kind of venturing off and doing his own films. He worked on the TV show Terry Tunes. And I don't necessarily know too much about it, but it was kind of like, it just seems to me like it was a Looney Tunes ripoff. Like, you yeah. know, like Saturday morning television kind of thing. And the main thing Ralph Bashi had was like, he was just frustrated with the animation industry at the time, like how animation films were being churned out. And like Disney, Disney was kind of like uh, demonized by like animators in a way, because it was like, Disney had this model for animation and you could only do this, or you could only do that. And it was like, if your movie's not a Disney film, it's not going to be screened like in a wide kind of place. So the this being the first X-rated animated movie was kind of like a really big achievement for animation. And I think it's one of the main reasons like a movie like Perfect Blue or Belladonna. I don't know if it predates Belladonna, does it? I'm not I sure. Think so. uh, Belladonna's- Oh, yeah, so yeah, it was like by, one of the big reasons one like these movie, movies like those movies could get released, if that makes sense. And 
the the it was lit it was his first uh movie i think i think it was his first movie he might have done lord of the rings before i'm not entirely sure but the his whole style wasn't really seen before and it came as this like kind of like big like new kid on the block thing that's why they really pushed the thing of marketing it as this x-rated animated movie but before i go any further i just want to know what you guys thought like right off the gate i'll go first um i'm getting a vibe that people didn't like this movie i'm not sure what it is but uh oh. i i uh, i really liked it. I it was that's really always a good sign that's always a good sign <laughs> uh, this, um this is gonna be a common thing with this in the end the next movie where it's like yeah, the animation is good, but <laughs> the I think the writing is fucking awful, mm -hmm. just awful. I think there's I think you can only go so far as saying, "Oh, it's satire. Oh, it's satire. It's fine. Oh, it's mm -hmm. just satire." Mm -hmm. Where it's just, oh yeah, okay, fine, but it's still it's just gross. The satire is not deep at all. It's very fucking. If if it's if it really is satire, it's very ham-fisted and very on on the nose. Nothing really subtle about it, and it's all it's just a fucking. I think it's awfully written. Abby? I think um, I sort of understand both points of view there. Because I feel like when, when I initially watched it, I was like, what the fuck? But I feel like there was some, like, kind of interesting moments of social commentary that the, that he included. Like, especially, like, I feel like it really revolves around, like, the time in the 70s and, like, exploring, like, drugs, you know, like, the Black Panthers and everything. And, like, I don't know. I feel like there's some important things there, but also just, like, the way it was edited and, like, shown and, like, just how the main character is so unlikable um, is some, like, big points that I just couldn't get over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm in the same boat as Abby where I'm kind of, like, in a middle ground about it. And I kind of feel like the only really redeemable thing about this film, and I know this is going to be kind of weird up front, but I think the only thing redeemable about this film is Fritz as a character. Because, no, 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 listen, I know, I know, I know. Oh, listen, 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 what? listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. It's because he's not he's a, good a good guy. It's because, like, he is the Ralph Bashi. Like, there's an interview with Ralph Bashi that I watch, and like, he is the ultimate like villain of the film. He's like has like a white savior complex, like a womanizer, manipulator, like. And the fact that he's like pitched to the audience as like the main happy-go-lucky character was like the only thing that I saw. That I think I thought in, in a lot of like reviews I saw about Reddit, like everybody was talking about how he was the worst part of the film and some people like liked him and stuff like that. I thought the way Ralph Baski wrote him to kind of like be hated uh, by like an audience that wasn't him, if that makes sense, like people who aren't him was kind of the only kind of subtle thing that I noticed in it. I don't know if you guys agree. Maybe I'm not explaining what, that correctly, what, but I don't think Fritz is, it, I hate him. I hate him. Like, like is this like, what's subtle mean. about it? Like his hateability? Like what's where's I, where's the I, subtle? I, no, no, no. I want I want to I want to talk about this movie for a second. When I watch this, I I think this movie like as much as you guys seem to disagree. I think what Abby talked about where it has to do with like the time period is written in the seventies, like late sixties. I think that is mm -hmm. so like connected to this movie. Like the energy of this movie and the tone of it is so it's like such a vital thing. Like it's it's all about commentary. Like the whole point of it is that fritz is a guy who like hates mm -hmm. like uppity intellectuals but he's an uppity intellectual like everything about it is such like like you, you, it calls him a hypocrite in like the little tagline on letterbox but it's like mm -hmm. everything about this movie is a criticism of america 
I think it's a very depth, shallow criticism. But I, st- I still, I don't think it's doing very much. I don't think it's doing. I don't think it's doing. What's how, how is it shallow? Much new as a criticism of America, and I think a lot of it is. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff America in in art, both before and during. Yeah, that time that wasn't just Fritz the Cat. No, it is mainstream. mainstream, mainstream, but like an animated film in 1972 that was this popular of all time. Yeah, the highest grossing independently animated. Really? See, yeah, Luke, I don't, I, I don't know how you don't see it as like. Yeah. That's like Like, even even like I, I don't know. I think it's like it's like because of the time it came out and like what it was saying about what was currently happening, and then pitching having the main character of Fritz like kind of draw you be like the view into that world while he's the main thing the film is critiquing. I think that's pretty smart. I don't think that's shallow at all. But I think without the commentary though, like the story itself yeah, exactly. is garbage. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The it whole, is. Like, I, I feel like in order to have this commentary be effective is to first have an effective narrative. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the way it's put together is it's like, it's slapping these like three different like things that should, it's like, it should be a mini series in the way it's presented. You know, there's like mm-hmm. him trying to have mm-hmm. an orgy and then there's him like <laughs> being a white savior and then there's him with Nazis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And like, just none of it makes sense. There's no characters that have any substance at all or that you care about in any way, except for maybe like the donkey lady at the end who gets like abused. Um, mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like I agree with the fact that like the commentary is good. I think there it raises some good points, and like I think it's smart in that way. But it just I I can't take away anything from it because it's just presented so shittily. <laughs> Like, yeah. if they just had a character be good or smart or that I related to, um, then I feel like I would have liked it so much more, even if there was these, like, bad elements. Mm-hmm. But I, I see, I, I kind of see, I kind of see what you mean. It's, it's, it's hard, it's so hard with a film like this to separate, like, uh, what it's saying from how it's saying it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to really put, like my finger on, or not necessarily my finger, but it's hard to separate those things and kind of like take away the right thing. <laughs> not, my, not my finger, my, my, my toe. My thumb. My toe. <laughs> well, 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 then but, what, would, like, what would you think the message or point of this movie is? What's the takeaway? I, I think the, the main takeaway is like, ba- like the Ralph Bashi is like presenting all these different sides. Like Abby, Abby said, it was like a, it was like a mini series almost. Like it felt like it had these three very distinct acts. And the, the purpose of the film was to show like the hypocrisy of the people in the stories it was telling. You know what I mean? I think, I don't know, the main theme I took away from it was hypocrisy. And that was, I think that was so centrally tied to Fritz's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a criticism of America. Because that's the thing, I don't really see where you guys are coming from when you say you didn't like, right? You have your own opinion, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I also thought, thought the presentation it was this was really interesting. Like, I liked the story. Like, I thought it, was, I thought it was like weird and all over the place. To me, it reminded me a lot of like, old, like old mm-hmm. weird. It felt um, like a political comic. comics. Like, there's a comic called Crazy Cat. If you look up images of it, yeah, it did. Like everything, even the art style, but like mm-hmm. everything about it is just this weird, like idiosyncratic way of telling the story. Where nothing it. really makes sense. It's all just kind of like. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt, you know, it, this is kind of a jumping head a bit, but it felt like Fritz the Cat was the scene in Belladonna, like the animation at least, in Belladonna when she has sex with the devil. 
True. <laughs> <laughs> right, we won't get into that right away, but yeah. But I mean, okay, so uh, I wanted to just bring up a little thing, a little things about like animation within this film. So uh, I think the main thing why I like this film from like an animation standpoint and like in the history of animation, not only that it was the first like X-rated animated film and like this idea that that still isn't really mainstream of like taking animation seriously, if that makes sense. Like like animations for grownups kind of thing, you know what I mean? And I think the thing in animation that uh, has been kind of taken away from Frith in a wrong way is the only way, the only mainstream way to make animation for adults is to be excessively adult, if that makes sense. You don't have like- mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I know exactly all those, what you mean. All these shows like South Park and like, I don't know, like Rick and Morty or like The Simpsons without Fritz the Cat. And it's like the only way to make adult animation is to be like satire and aggressively adult and like phallic and stuff like that. That's the only that's that's not a problem with the film. Yes, Seth Mac Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine Seth MacFarlane saw this movie and was like, "Oh yeah, yeah boobs," <laughs> and then he went and wrote Family Guy. Like that's that yeah. like that was the inception of Family Guy. Yeah. Him watching this exactly. Movie. Yeah, I get and it. And it's like that's it. not a problem with the film. It's a problem with the like animation industry. So like even though Fritz solved problems, society problem with exactly. society. But even though so Fritz solved society. a bunch of problems, it also created a bunch of problems. Like not only within like the content of content of this film. But then also another thing I think is good that is very positive that this film did for animation was the idea that there is no rules in animation, if that makes sense. And it isn't the first film to break animation's rules, mm -hmm. quote unquote, but it's the first kind of film to be popular and be taken seriously. Like um, the main thing is like movement and stuff. And this is kind of a little bit later in Ralph Bashi's career. But it's like the exaggerated, the exaggeration of movement, and that's kind. It is kind of, um, is kind of originated in. I, I, oh, I don't know how I always forget, but the guy who is the main animator on the Looney Tunes, forget his name all the time. But he was like the main guy who kind of like changed movement with animation. Oh, but like I, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I know exactly what you're talking about. That dude. Oh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I'm Googling it. But the the Chuck Jones, Chuck Jones, that's his name. Chuck Jones was the main person who kind of like, yeah, Chuck Jones, who kind of pioneered like movement and like, you know, the, all those animation rules like squash and stretch and stuff like that. And like not limiting characters to the things, but into like standards of like what, it, what uh, a cat or a mouse or like Bugs Bunny would move in real life, like how a real bunny would move. But then also the other thing is solarization and like rotoscoping. So rotoscoping was like, mm -hmm. before this film came out, it isn't really heavily used in this film, it's used in some scenes, but it, it was almost frowned on by animators because of like the way Disney did it, if that makes sense. Like Disney was, even though Disney used rotoscoping, they like kind of were against it in like this public way that was really weird. Ralph Bakshi kind of like threw all those rules out the window, which I think was good and had like laughing effects within animation. But yeah, that's what I want to talk about in animations. And then there's also another cool thing about this movie where a lot of the scenes and dialogue, especially like when uh, Fritz was in New York and just kind of like walking around the city having conversations, a lot of those things were actual conversations that were recorded and then kind of like Fritz's dialogue was put into them, if that makes sense, that were recorded on the streets of New York. Yeah, I definitely found it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I wanted to mention that. Like, 
he's like, oh, can I record this? You go, you go. Which I thought was really cool, but I also feel like it was sort of, it sort of added to partly why I don't like it, because I found it sort of, like, very incongruous to the storyline, like, in addition to having these three acts, like, he's just throwing in scenes with random dialogue, it just feels like they kind of needed to, like, fill time. Even though it was cool, I feel like they should have incorporated it, like, in all mm. three, or just scrapped it, you know? Mm-hmm. like it could have been it definitely could have been smoothed out and the, you're right abby the film kind of feels like sparse if that makes sense yeah like it can't really decide yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like and i didn't think the structure of the film really i don't think it really helped mm-hmm. it out i liked i like the overall structure but like moment to moment i felt kind of i don't know i kind of felt confused not confused but like like i wasn't being in, i wasn't like in the hands of somebody who necessarily knew what they were doing yeah, I feel like this one out of out of all the films like I watched for this is like the one I spaced out the most during it. You know, I would like I would like <laughs> it and then I'd like look away for a second, I'd be like, oh I don't really care. I'd think about <laughs> like I feel like that was the only thing drawing me back in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm- I also wanted to talk about what did you guys think of those like weird ambient moments where it would just be like in between scenes, which is like like a like like a camera like moving just over this like background like a watercolor or something, and then just like music playing mm-hmm. for like a while because mm-hmm. they did that a couple times throughout. Those like those like, are long like those are kind of like those were one of the. Those were no, yeah, I, remember, I, I, I really like one, and it's like a little it was like a little crow like snapping, and then the other the like thing like slowly starts coming back in the fire. I was like, damn, that's. Sick. <laughs> It like it like built the world up. It built the yeah. world around Fritz up, which I thought was good. And I feel like if sorry, yeah, yeah, I I, I mm-hmm. love like, the mood of this of this movie. I felt like mm-hmm. the mood was really cool. Like, the overall tone. Of Ralph Bashi kind of like really perfected like that, that tone, like throughout his career, especially in like the movies that are like Fritz the Cat. Like it has focus, and I feel like because uh, Bashi was like coming onto like the animation scene in this really big way at first. Like he wanted to tell all these stories without being limited to one of them. You know what I mean? It's like that feeling people talk about. It's like the first movie you make. Some for some people, the first movie you make will be the only movie you make. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got that sense from this film. But I mean, I feel like I feel like there's not much to discuss. I feel like we're gonna come back to this movie in the next one as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't do we don't do ratings anymore. But well, uh, does, do people have closing statements? I wonder yeah, uh, I, I another thing that. is um uh the original cr- creator of Fritz the Cat, Robert Crumb. That's, mm, that's, yeah, a, whole, that. that's a whole um other that's a whole mm. rabbit hole to go into to talk about him. But mm-hmm. his relationship with Bakshi, both during the making of this and afterwards, was and just, after- was just awful. I like, watched was- the interview from two thousand five. And Raph mm-hmm. Balshi is like still bad mouthing Robert Crumb. Yeah. Okay. Didn't didn't he like kill off Fritz in the comics? He was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so yeah. mad. Yeah. And in the yeah. in the documentary from there's a whole section. Well, not a whole section, but like a a few throwaway lines about Ralph Bashi and him hating Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. And they have this feud over Fritz. Like, why did they hate him? Peter of Garfield got so this. mad at one of the Garfield adaptations that he just killed off Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Crumb thought that Ralph like completely ruins the characters in Fritz the Cat with the movie mm-hmm. so much so mm-hmm. that he like he refused any other offers to make like movies based off his comics afterwards. Mm-hmm. He was like soured on the it, idea it, of it, being it, it, it. yeah, but that's like the that's the gist of it mm-hmm. I got. 
And essentially what happened was Ralph Bakshi and his um his his producer or like one of his people on his team called Steve Krantz essentially manipulated uh Robert Crumb's wife into signing off um Fritz as a character to Ralph Bakshi. Yep. And then suits and stuff, Ralph Bakshi uh sorry, Robert Crumb tried to win Fritz back, but Ralph Bakshi like just because he got in these like le- he'd done a bunch of things legally to like maintain the rights to Fritz, he essentially just stole Fritz from him. It's really so it's awful. Like, it is pretty it's awful. Really, it is really pretty awful. awful. Yeah, it, it does, yeah, it doesn't. And I'm I'm sure know. we're missing elements of the story. Like there's yeah there's, yeah there's definitely things that we're missing, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't watch this movie with your parents. Yeah. I just don't watch the movie. Watch it again, Male gaze boobs, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. If you don't like real, if you don't like real ones. <laughs> if you're a furry. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fritz the cat. All right, on to the next one. What's the? Before we get into it, I just, I just really wanted to quickly say this is also the guy who directed uh, like the original Astro Boy and uh, King of the White Lion. <laughs> I love- oh no! Oh, no. Right, go ahead. No. Oh my. Apparently, this this movie is part of a trilogy or something like that. Is it? Yeah, or some like a spiritual trilogy. I forget <laughs> where. Okay, sorry, Abby. You you go ahead. You go ahead. We're gonna get into it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I went into this. I like just heard a bunch of recommendations about it, and because I was really into like like looking into like angel's egg and like perfect blue and like similar like animation style um japanese films um and like honestly i was kind of disappointed by it but i was also kind of really interested because i feel like there was a lot of um elements to it that i didn't really think of that like when i looked into it like after i watched it i like did a bit of research and i looked it on it more and i thought it was actually quite good um I, this oh. might be a little hot take but yeah. um yeah, because well, I feel like it's a the way I was kind of thinking about it in my head is like I think it's a good movie, and a lot of people just have like bad opinions and like ideas about it. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, I know. Might be a little controversial for the pod. <laughs> but, um, um, I'll say. I, if, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna say. You were saying how you were looking for films similar to like uh, other Japanese animated films. I see the like Yellow Submarine is probably the most uh, similar mm. film visually that I can think of. I, I was thinking back, I, I was wishing I was watching Yellow Submarine a lot when I was watching this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you, can, you can continue. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I feel like it deals with a lot of themes of like stuff that I'm interested in. Um, because it talks a lot about like femininity and like sexuality and like a medieval context um mm-hmm. especially how like uh, like the whole line where the devil's like i'm a part of you <laughs> all we talk about like the the, penis, the little penis devil oh my gosh so good so good he was but yeah so like, funny being, like i'm a part of you like sort of talks about how like you know because in medieval society like um a woman's sexuality was inherently like of the devil or inherently mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And also it it totally relates to um the demonization of women because um that was a huge thing in Catholic in Christianity, specifically mm-hmm. Catholicism. Um 
and like you can see it in like you can see it in Shakespeare you can see it everywhere like uh, you can see it like Eve being the original sinner like mm -hmm. and it totally reflects this like demonization of woman like being the big bad whatever um mm -hmm. and like the I, fact that when they like when they eat the apple being naked instantly becomes a sin yeah like Eve like the woman in the in the in the Bible was the original sinner and that sort of reflected a bunch of Catholic beliefs about women that women were inherently the root of all evil mm -hmm. and that sort of like reflected in a lot of like um Catholic influenced um media and stuff and it also like just like the time period in which it came out which I feel like was really important because it came out in the 70s which was um the Japanese like uh women like sexual re revolution and also like women's rights were at Mm -hmm. a, we're at like a like and the a, summer like, of love and all that too yeah yeah mm -hmm. um and also like the separation of church and state like roe v wade um came out i think like in the same year or a year after um so there's a lot of like themes that like it came out at a really like important time and i feel like it really um reflected a lot of idea like a lot of like conflicting ideas and the sort of like duality um that was like going on in society at the time that was interesting i didn't really think about that context so, yeah uh there's a couple things I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. um, one, yeah. this movie is yeah. beautiful. Like the yeah. backgrounds are so beautiful, and so many moments are so beautiful. Two, the little devil guy when he's like when he first appears as the little devil guy. I, when I say best, I don't mean like as a character. Yeah. I mean he's the best animated <laughs> character I've ever seen. Like moving, he moves mm -hmm. so the way he moves is you, so you like to watch. That could be a movie itself. So. And then the third no? thing is, <laughs> no. I just like yeah. the way he moves. It looks funny when he like turns a little puff of smoke. And the third thing I wanted to say is in in our last episode for Abby and for mm -hmm. people who for some reason I haven't listened to the podcast, uh, we talked about this movie called Ichi the Killer, where there's a lot of like violent rape scenes. There's something wrong with like tackling like difficult subject matter in a movie, but it's about like the purpose of it. Like if you have it in a movie just to like have it, then it I that that's what I thought of Ichi. It felt like there was no reason for it to be like brutalizing mm -hmm. and raping women in the movie. But with this movie, it's like it's so integral to the story, and I think it it, it like really like hones in on the points it's trying to make, like moments mm -hmm. like that that are Especially so horrifying to watch. But that's movie. like you you empathize with that. You're you're not like, you're not like why did this creepy director write this? You're like oh my god, that's so horrible. Mm -hmm. that I mean, I'm, I don't it's know. It's a different I'm, emotion. I'm per, I'm a big proponent of that's like never including rape scenes ever. Um, just because I feel like it's never like I don't know. Um, I was really conflicted about Belladonna Santos because I really liked the ideas that was presenting, but I'm also like I really, really don't like when any movie ever includes rape in their story and like makes it a big plot line because I don't feel like it's something that is necessary to do. Like I think you can imply it, but if you're like you know asking animators to animate a rape scene and like especially in Belladonna because I feel like the way they do it like really like makes you feel kind of violated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, like really, okay like, especially that that first scene was so disturbing yeah, yeah I, 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 don't, I don't violating experience and mm -hmm. i i don't feel like that was i mean i feel like it was really i don't interesting think it was to I, I, developed I, from there hmm. but yeah sorry go ahead i personally don't think it was necessary um and i and it actually did it actually did detract a lot from my enjoyment of the rest of the film because that that it just couldn't leave my mind and i kept like faking if i kept arguing with myself it was really necessary for the rest of the plot and also this is like a film entirely written by male writers mm -hmm. and it's about that's my biggest so, problem with the film that's and i knew about that going into it i knew about that going into it so you Definitely, could say that yeah. just tainted 
because I knew that that tainted my view of the movie. But the whole time I couldn't, there was a lot of scenes where I was just seeing it as like male writers writing about stuff like, writing about like female empowerment and also just like male writers like, um, mm-hmm. I felt a lot of the male gaze for a lot that, of the that's sort of That's sort of what I, like, what you just said, Luca, um, because it's, I don't think it's a film about female empowerment. Like, that's what I meant it when isn't. I say I don't I think really it is. like it. Um, yeah, I don't, but, uh, yeah. But I feel like there's a, people who have a lot of bad takes about it, is that a lot of people will just, like, initially watch it and be like, oh, it's like this strong woman, you know, like, coming back after being raped. But it's not that, because she gets all her power from, from the, the devil. devil. Yeah. No, she gets it from the, yeah, exactly. And, like, I just feel like if you sort of like remove this like feminist lens um, from it, I mean, obviously it's good to view things like from that lens, but like if you sort of like take that away from the equation, like it really is like an interesting story with a lot of different themes. Um, and I feel like that's a lot coming from me being like a really big, like angry feminist. Um. <laughs> to me, a lot of the movie is just, it was, it was, I felt like a story just about a woman being used and attacked and manipulated and pretty much controlled by just like predominantly male figures and like all like the the penis imagery and so on and so forth and i just i don't it it left a really really just bad feeling throughout the whole thing it felt and i painted in this in like this weird way where it was like i couldn't separate what i was seeing from what i thought about it like i could never yeah I could never, I could never not be critically thinking about the movie. Like I, I was never engaged exactly. in the story. If that makes sense. Yeah, because it, it was like I think it's because of like the lens it's being. Why do you think that was? The way it's being written, like the way yeah. it was written, but it's also because I think Abby brought up a very important point, which I didn't think about before. Is about like viewing it from like a feminist lens. Like, I think that's the lens and, like, the headspace I was in when I was watching the movie, and I prepped myself for that in a way. And I feel like that is kind of on me, if that makes sense. In some in some ways, but also it is part of, like, the, the, the disgusting animation in it. But also, like, very beautiful animation. Yeah, and there are some elements that were just, like, so visually, like, stunning, and you just, like, feel this, yeah. like, like, radiant, like, feminine energy, which I thought was, like, such it was like almost like there was like two acts to it um which i kind of really mm. liked like it felt like sort of like theater almost in the way that like the narrative flow happened and i just thought like there were so many different like juxtapositions yeah i feel like once i like took away being like oh you know how is this female empowerment like if you're including all this stuff if i like took away all of that and just sort of like examined all the like individual themes about like christianity and catholicism and sort of like the commentary uh, that they're that like was happening there um it sort of helped me enjoy the film a bit more and like it's definitely not for everyone and a lot of people you know like like you Luca like a lot of people just aren't able to get past that and that's so fair but I feel like there's also a lot to unpack mm-hmm. I just it, it's similar to Fritz where I'm also I'm also just confused at what sort of the message is or the takeaway is from this story I'm, I'm I mean, confused I at what it was, it was the juxtaposition between like sin it and does... like godliness and like again like women's depiction and catholicism um and like women's sexuality uh in so it's a critique of that so would you would you say it's a a critique of that i think absolutely i think it's it's like meant to represent like this dichotomy um in between belief like there's like um gene who's like this sexually empowered like woman living in a forest uh Mm -hmm. and then there's like you know this stark catholic group uh 
who are like trying to hunt her down and get her. And like, it's actually based on, um, it's based on a bunch of different things, but it's all, it's based on uh, Joan of Arc, loosely. Yeah. Yes. Loosely. And it's also based on um, this 1852 book uh, called Satanism and Witchcraft, mm -hmm. which is actually one of the very first books that like sympathized with witches and like recognized like their power and like using their like sexuality and using like knowledge of herbs and medicine to like gain an advantage over men, which I actually thought was really interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. No, I think that, I think that, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Cal. Okay. I was yeah, going to say, I think, I think, you go, you I go, think go. I like, based on what you're saying, okay. I mean, my eyes have kind of been like open to like something I didn't see in this movie before, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't, yes, all the stuff about like ha tackling rape and stuff are so like, I don't like disgusting, but it's telling a different story within that, if that makes sense. Like I didn't, I didn't necessarily register that. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the thing for me is, I also connected to the religious story of like Jesus of like being a martyr. Because at the end, when she, when she's like crucified, literally, mm -hmm. and then at the end, when when they show all the women's faces mm -hmm. and they turn into hers. Yeah, like, especially the Joan of Arc. Like, yeah. It did feel yeah. a little hand because mm -hmm. yeah. at the end, where like it showed the historical. Yeah, the event from like the 1700s, where it's like, and then the women fought back. But like it, that, to me, that was the message that like this woman's death like triggered like a change in the way all these women thought about themselves like sexually and physically so it's kind of the idea of that like and that's what a lot being of witches a feminist change throughout the world like that's what a lot it. of witches were like these big like community i don't know if you can say witches because some of them weren't and some of them were um but a lot of the times like they were big community leaders who like all the women came to for help um and i really feel like i i like totally saw that in the film like mm -hmm. you know like all, all the community like seeking help from her and like um you know like she did all these things for these people um and i thought that was really cool mm -hmm. i think that i th yeah that's pretty interesting i i because oh, yeah and and also because you asked that we're saying she was helped by the devil yeah. but the devil was also a, a yeah. penis he was still a man at the end he still corrupted her like uh, there still is that part where it's like it's not completely like yeah like the devil I, is the good guy in the story because he didn't really give her. I, I see. Now. I see. Her, her term sexuality with what the two you're saying are a lot now, but there is still this like all this like the gratuitous sexual violence and like the the assault at the beginning is still like I don't know if I can sort of get past that even even at mm -hmm. even at this point. Like there, there's yeah, only... and that's like that that's like the case for like a lot of people about this film. Like a, it's very very divided and like that that's so fair like mm -hmm. there's some like yeah. I feel like we took that out of it that i feel like a lot of people would be able to like yeah really appreciate the other elements of this film a lot more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like what i said about Fritz. it's like there's it, i can't separate this movie like what mm -hmm. is being said in this movie from how it's being said you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm, I'm in the same mode as emmanuel but i do acknowledge that like like visually it is like perfect like it's it's so, mm. so insane. And I forget how many, I was doing a little research into this, but I forget how many like still frames there are. Like it feels like because yeah. there must've been so many because there's this time in- There must've been so not many. Not only um, like this film, but like Japanese animation in general. And this kind of really continued for a very long time of this trend of not animating a lot and holding on frames on like very detailed, and drawn frames because of like budgetary concerns and like the studio that produced this before before this came out it was like on the verge of bankruptcy yeah and like it reminds me a lot of that like 
Well, those are also, I think, in reference to, uh, there's also in reference to, there, there's this thing that uh, Roger Ebert talked about in Japanese films, like in a, in a Ozu movies, that he calls them pillow mm-hmm. shots, which is like a moment of like a shot of a vase for like a few seconds. Was very good. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, really good. this is a, mm-hmm. yeah, watch all these mm-hmm. near yeah. with Definitely. and look at them in the eyes during the whole thing. Perfect blue. Let's go. All right, on to the next one. Perfect blue. I'm about it. I'm about it. I'm about it. Do you want to take a break or just keep going? Let's just keep going. All right. Perfect Blue was directed in 1997 by Satoshi Kon. It was his first feature animated movie. Let's... And Whoa. I think it's a masterpiece. I love this, this movie. Is so much. Perfect, this is a perfect movie. This is a perfect movie. This is objectively I'll perfect. I'll start with that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name. I won't call it OK Blue. It's not, it's not 7 out of 10. It's not OK Blue. It's not mediocre blue. It's on what blue? What was, it? what was the joke? It's not a, it's not a ambivalent blue. Mm-hmm. I keep getting this ad on Letterbox for like Adobe Creative Premiere, but it's like little Nas X exactly saying that. "Student Save Six is the same on Adobe Creative Cloud." Blue. If Lil Nas X told me to say Adobe Creative Cloud, I'm just looking at him in the eyes. The it's really distracting. Sorry. All right, so the thing I I I want to do this more with the, with the podcast. If we're doing these scenes, we should like talk more about like the overall theme that we've chosen and for animation i think this is one of the best examples of any movie yes. ever of like mm-hmm. using yes. the animation format to the best of its ability satoshi kone is so good at that more than any more than any other anime director or animation director he's so he's so good at capturing like moments in a way that only animation is allowed to i think also, I why am i forgetting his name what is my wrong? favorite director oh my god <laughs> I'm, I'm like embarrassed i'm forgetting his name right now Ta- isa takahara thank you isa takahara is really good at that too where they like they have moments where it, it in the editing or the animation it's something mm-hmm. that can only be done in an animated movie because even though nothing in this is too like fantastical mm-hmm. there's no like big demon boar mm-hmm. it's just like yeah that's a woman like floating around that's it but that's it's, a really, that's like, a really the editing awesome. of it is so well done that like oh, it's just so good <laughs> like like you is a good movie and then watch this movie you're coming for me our feud is extended. <laughs> I am. Continuous beef. I also think that the um the editing in the film like really contributed to like me really loving the main character and like really connecting with her mm-hmm. because yeah you know like um I because I rewatched it recently and just like noticing these little bits of like you know including clips of like her being a celebrity and her performing and then her like doing the most mundane things or like even just the detail that they put into her room with like the mm-hmm. stuffed animals and like the mm-hmm. PS4 on the ground and just like everything really makes you feel so connected to her and that's why it's so terrifying is because you really feel like you're there with her and you mm-hmm. really like care for her and want her to like be okay mm-hmm. and yeah, i think is- like they did hor- like horror is just like so well mm-hmm. done in that like sort of format when you're able to like connect to the character the editing in this movie this is really quick i know you wanted to talk about mm-hmm. the editing in this movie it connects you with the character so well like each moment in the editing, like when she really starts to like, I I feel bad for how like much I'm just jumping into it, but like in, when she really starts to like lose her mind, mm-hmm. it the editing is so mm-hmm. well done. Like you feel like you're yeah, right along there, like, like you have no idea what's like, going on. Like straightforward, one of the scariest right. movies I've ever seen, and it's not even like the gratuitous violent scenes that make it that level of scary. It's all from the beginning just a completely unsettling atmosphere that's in like every frame and it's like that comparison to talk out is really good because it's like so many moments in this movie feel like cinematic but yet it's still it's something that can only be done in animation but like mm-hmm. all like the in animation like camera movements is is all is like just so 
everything is like working together to push forward. I love like, when the they do theme. that so much. It, 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 it's just it, like one like, of the best ones, you know, like one of the best. What are they called? The movies. It's just one of the best <laughs> movies ever. What are they called? One of the things that like made it. What so are they called nowadays? I, I think it's. I don't know. Maybe this is a bit of a hot take. But I feel like it's more scary now than like when it was initially released. For mm. Yes. Because, yes. Because, because, because. Yes. The big takeaway, the big theme that I got from this was like, you know, an avatar and like your like perception of your and like the way you present to other people versus like the real you, you mm -hmm. know, like who you truly are. And I think like before, like sort of like an avatar image of yourself was only really possible, like in the, through traditional channels like being a celebrity mm -hmm. you know being popular online um and now like everyone has like sort of like a microcosm of like followers or fans like mm -hmm. everyone has an avatar and i it really made me think about that like you know like everybody I, has I, a meme uh what meme is real right yeah everybody has I, their own yeah yeah and I've totally like been to parties and people have mm -hmm. just like been like, oh my god, you're value villain, or like called me by like my Instagram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my fact, I remember. Sorry, this might be this is a little bit of a throwback, but um, remember when I was shorty collector on Instagram? I got yeah. so many. I know you from Instagram as shorty collector. That's terrifying. I got that yeah, so much. If you think about it, that's how Muna is that's perceived so by all these people. Yeah. Like he's mm -hmm. perceived as this avatar, and like that's so scary now because we all have mm -hmm. avatars. Exactly. <laughs> and we all have the ability to lose ourselves in the way that Mima does. Yeah. Mm. The horror, exactly. The horror in this movie is like the idea of the of the image you project on yourself is the one that and that like, like you project out the world is the one that you yourself mm -hmm. connect with, the one that you actually are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so good at that. I want so you to. I want you to. I'm already Cham in the background. <laughs> the scary shots to me yeah, was just like good. music is so good. The scary shots were music. actually just the establishing shots of outside her apartment at night, and this is the glow coming from mm -hmm. inside her room. Like being scary. watched. Being watched. There's no like if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. There's no like music over any of those shots. It's always mm -hmm. just the sound of the city, and it, it's like oh my fucking god! It's mm -hmm. it, it's it's this one perfects it. Ambience like, is so to, good. Like an unrealistic degree. Like it, mm -hmm. it, the ambient blends in to the mm -hmm. point where you can't tell when it's ambient and when it's just like diegetic audio. Mm -hmm. and that makes it even more terrifying when it gets to those really intense like thriller scenes, and like the build. Yeah, I, the I build up of the violent scenes are you, you so so good, and the yeah. reveal—it's so fucking good, so good, but so scary. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to say that the pace, the pacing of this movie is so good. Like as it continues, it, like more and more things keep happening as the mm -hmm. editing like, yeah. keeps going faster and faster. Like she keeps like waking up in different places, mm -hmm. and new and alongside all that new information is being revealed at the same yeah. time. So like she's in this place doing this scene, and then it happens again. Then it happens again. Then someone dies. Yeah. Then it happens again. And she keeps repeating. Then she thinks it's her. Then she's in a show, and then like everything like keeps flipping back and forth as new things are being revealed. And then as new things are being revealed, you're realizing some mm -hmm. of the things that were revealed weren't real. And it yeah, keeps like it's this like, crazy loop. Where, like, an experience. Like you, you definitely like feel like, like you're going like, crazy with her. 
it's because like the more that's revealed yeah, exactly. the less that's, you, that's the less you realize you're you're actually like having a grip on what's going on the more mm-hmm. that's revealed you're realizing like oh it's, it, it makes it makes less and less like it's more it gets more and more difficult to figure out what's going on even though you you're getting more information mm-hmm. it feels it feels like like and i guess i guess i'm kind of agreeing with callum on this like nolan diss here but <laughs> But it feels like the third act of this movie is so, so strong and so beautifully set up by the first two acts. And, but it doesn't sacrifice those first two acts at all, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the, the build to the third op, third act, sorry. And I feel like this is a lot of like third act, like big finale movies. It feels like the rest of the movie, even though it was building to it, felt kind of like Luster, if that makes sense. Like a seven... Mm-hmm or like a whiplash something like that and those are all good movies but it like i don't know they don't feel like the third act has been building but i feel like this is just such a masterful use of like pace and storytelling and character development like towards the end and this like climactic thing if that makes sense yeah i want to uh since we were talking about um sort of like rape scenes earlier like do you guys feel like the the rape scene in perfect blue was like necessary or like should have been included this is the, this like- is one of the few move this is one of the few movies where um it, it does it does it where it does feel necessary and it doesn't feel gratuitous and it doesn't feel gratuitous and it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't feel like it's written with creepy intent or any intent other than like it's not animated or shown in a way that doesn't make it like grotesque exactly like it's i I wanted to just speak to something about the the um, the rape scene in this movie it was like Mm -hmm. in a lot of scenes like it in other movies not like it sorry that are rape scenes in other movies the character who has been raped is defined by it if that makes sense whereas this it's it like unfortunately like um in real life this is something that happens to people in her position like regularly in that industry if that makes sense yeah and it felt like even though she wasn't defined by it and there are so many Mm -hmm. different stories around that topic around rape that are not told and not represented it felt like this was an accurate representation of that if that makes sense without without being criticized Uh, like you, you say that it it like didn't really change her or like didn't really like affect. Her. No, but I feel it, like it did. It, it changed, like, I feel like it changed her, but it didn't. But define it, didn't revolve, her. it didn't revolve around it. It, it wasn't revol- the, her, her entire air. Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. character, her character wasn't like a rape. Mm, I don't know if I. It was more than that. Mm. <laughs> I feel. I, I I feel like that's not that isn't like uh, end all be all because when you discuss that, it's a it's always case by case, right? It's always case by case. Yeah. And, and like, uh, this was just this case. It was this case and this representation of that story, if that makes sense. And it felt exactly. authentic in a way, I think at least. And it didn't feel grotesque. And, and that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the thing for me is, like, it, it was a hard scene to watch. Obviously, it's rape, it should be. But it, it, the, the purpose of it wasn't just that it was, like, her getting raped. It was that it was happening in the context of it being a show. And, like... That's one of the things I found the most interesting about it. That it was everything was like, mm-hmm. was like her her life was being mirrored by the show that she was in. So things that were happening were like mm-hmm. also happening in other ways in her real life, and like it was going back and forth. 
And I think that was the thing. It was like a critique of the, this movie really feels like a critique of the movie industry and like Hollywood. It but as really, it, as it, 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 aged, it's really, it kind of became a going beyond like that. Movie. It's really a huge critique on men and the male gaze and the way men in power in those industries use women and like mm-hmm. put them in those scenarios and like write scenes like that where and where and then mm-hmm. because of like this the studio system they feel as if they have no choice but to act in scenes like those mm-hmm. otherwise like their career would be like over it's a part of it's she says like it's a part of my career yeah exactly and in that case it's completely real and it's completely honest mm-hmm. but i mean what 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 did you think about it sorry you asked sorry about the like the representation of that scene because you didn't say what you thought about it like I, I I feel like I'm kind of conflicted because I like definitely agree with your points in the way that like you know it wasn't grotesque and it didn't define her character and like it's a criticism of all this stuff but I also feel like if you're representing rape in a way that's like almost not casual but almost like sort of like toned down I, I, it, it almost crosses an, a different sort of boundary for me where it's like it's this really really intense thing and you're like sort of including it as like a one-off scene, um, you know, to like comment about this and you're not really like, I don't know, I I, I just feel like it, it doesn't really represent the gravity of this. It's just sort of like lumped in. Um, among the other things? Yeah, like among like all the other things that like affect her character, which kind of rubs me the wrong way a bit. I'm not gonna say it's like awful that bad, um, but it definitely rubs me the wrong way, especially like, mm-hmm. just like because of all, like movie depictions of rape, I think just should never be included and you should never like have a narrative justification for it. Like, I think, I think it's okay to draw the line where like you can imply it, but I feel like if you're including it just to be like, oh, and we're going to criticize, you know, creepy men and like, including mm-hmm. rape, um, by all, but also like doing it in that way, just kind of, I don't know, leaves the bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I like, well, I, I think I've, I definitely agree with you, but I also think that's the goal. It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be feel like people don't really care that this happened to her. It's just her having to deal with it because there is that moment afterwards where she's like by herself in a room and she just like screams, mm-hmm. and she and she has that moment where like she can finally release all her emotions and like all the people around her. They just they just they want from her what mm-hmm. what she can provide for them. I agree, not, like, Colin. As a and also my point on this. I think that's what the, in general. the and, like the coming from is. a victim of assault. I think it is important that obviously it shouldn't just be a common thing in movies but i don't i think it is important that like there are scenes in films that do show it and show it correctly so that it like really it you'll never come close it'll never come close to like describing to an audience member how it feels mm-hmm. but it is it is sort of like this is this exists this is happening to people this is like this is like like it's it is I think it's a, I think it is important to have in movies and and But to, how is there a correct way to portray it? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part just of the point. Just portraying it as if I think obviously like it's if you don't mm-hmm. do stuff like we discussed before where it's like the character just revolves around that and there's something else to them or don't make it like too gr- like too, too gratuitous or like don't like romanticize it or like anything because I have seen movies that do that and it's really gross or don't make it just a thing for a shock factor. Just portray it as real as possible, I guess. Which I think this movie sort of—I think it does. Because remember, it's not just the one scene where it's the TV show. It also happens to her again 
in the one in one of the climaxes of the movie where he's kidnapped by the stalker and it's mm-hmm. it was very real it, it was very and it was that's why i made it so difficult and also being watch. Manip- emotionally emotionally like manipulated during like the photography shoot as well yeah exactly yeah exactly i would say that also counts as assault as well being emotionally manipulated to reveal and mm-hmm. i think if the reason why i think it works and it's a correct use in this movie is just because of how real it is and it's not used distastefully in any way and it's and those scenes themselves are powerful and they do set in stone like this is like genuinely like this is a huge problem this needs to be addressed in the real world like this is not something that can be ignored and it and it deals with the whole rest of the theme it furthers it continues to further the theme of the film but it's not it's not only in there as like a casual thing i think it is a prominent important mm-hmm. scene both times I think, or i think that it's, it's just like inherently tied to like just the idea of cinema and animation specifically too is like everything you're seeing is created you know what i mean it's like you mm-hmm. know like the, the, the what's the i forget who is is it godard it's like the lying 24 times a second or something like that oh god yeah <laughs> but it's like it it's true like you're creating that you're creating you're on screen you're creating rape and it's like how do you show that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i feel like that's i don't know because i can see i can i can definitely see both sides and i definitely see abby's side within this but yeah i just the main thing for me is like who are we to decide the right and wrong way to depict rape and like who like how are we to know, like, I, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. And I think, like, everyone has a different experience of, like, sexual mm-hmm. assault. I feel like it's so presumptuous of films to be like, this is how it should be portrayed. And this is how it's okay to be portrayed. Like, like making the, like, assumption and, like, being so, like, forthright to, like, wow, I'm really pulling out all the vocab words. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like just being so presumptuous as to like assume that you are able to portray something that, you know, is so taboo, like, and being like, I can do it right, mm-hmm. is the part that like really bothers me. Like, because mm-hmm. you you talk about like how you know it shouldn't be grotesque and it shouldn't be the whole part of the film and it shouldn't. But like a lot of people's experiences of that is like it is grotesque and it does take up their whole life and it does like. Mm. So like, trust I know. I and like I, I, know. I don't know if it should be portrayed or not. Like I don't think it's it's for us to decide, but I think that like filmmakers shouldn't I don't know. Trust, mm. like, trust me, again, like I know I know I, like as a victim of it, I know what you mean. I know like all those points are true, but I still think in this movie it's not saying it's it's not them sort they're of picking the story. It's, 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 it's not them. It's not, it's not them taking away of like how it should be portrayed or this and that. But I, I but like again, I'm not saying you're wrong because like there's no right. I don't think there's a right or wrong in this question or in this topic because like you said, everyone's experience with it is different and everyone will have a fundamentally different opinion on it or it, whether it should be in movies at all or not. Um, but I, 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 I still think, and I, I think I do have some leverage in my opinion, being a victim of it. I, I think that in this film, it isn't done distastefully. It, and I, I do think it is done really realistically. And I think it's, I, I think it's important that it's in there. And it's, I think it's important that 
it's it serves as a reminder that how how evil gross men use the presi- use positions of power to do that to people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel like it's it, it is like her story overall is emblematic of like abby said not just us now but at, at the time still now of how um women specifically are treated in the entertainment world yeah yeah i like um I don't know if you guys like know much about like the Bjork stalker thing, but like oh, that God, happened yeah. at a very mm-hmm. similar like period of time, and I think so many parallels in between like yeah. um, Perfect Blue and like what really happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's 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 scary how real it was then, and it's scary how real it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um. I guess on a lighter note, the animation is crazy. The animation, is, <laughs> I, I think the, and I get it's, it isn't necessarily separated from what we've been talking about, but it is tied, all the animation is tied to putting you in her headspace, like Lucas said, like mm. especially in the ending and the climax of um, like how and Lucas said about using cutting and using being able to show multiple things on screen that you couldn't show in live action on screen together and like the morphing of her reality was like masterful you know what i mean like when you're in the moment it's it it's that thing i always look for in movies when because i guess it's kind of like the people like that thing people say about like the curse of being a film student like whenever you're watching a movie you're always analyzing it but it's like in movies like this i'm i'm just in the movie and i'm not thinking about it if that makes sense i'm just like experiencing it and i thought especially in the last scene that was just like insane yeah and i think like a lot of people when they watch something like this are immediately going to go and watch like 10 million explained videos but I, oh God. which is like which is admittedly what i did the first time i watched it because i want to understand everything and i feel like i need to understand every nuance of every situation but like when I when I was able to watch it a second time and just sort of like surrender myself to the like I'm so stupid but like you know what I mean yeah like, I know I know exactly what you mean I know exactly taken away by it I feel like then like you get to really appreciate mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. like especially with like the animation and the editing and just the everything it's just yeah mm-hmm. although I swear like half the reviews on Letterboxd of this movie are just like telling telling Aronofsky to did retire. So in conclusion, <laughs> they're not wrong. They're, they're not, not wrong. wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Sorry, Calum, you were going to say something. Good movie. Yeah. Good. So in conclusion, one of the best, one of the best, one of, good movie. one of the best, one of the best, one of the best of the, one of the best of those things they call movies. Yep. What do they call them? Good, good pick, Calum. Excellent pick. Yeah, hey, I wanted to pick it. I already picked it, and I was mad. <laughs> just want to put it out movie. there. It's a good movie. Just putting that out there. I picked it first. Get a new podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, movie number four. Okay, my movie um, by the great Jan Svankmeyer. Jan Svankmeyer. By the great Jan Svankmeyer. Jan Spank. Jan Spank. Uh, Jan <laughs> the king of stop motion um, animation. He's, he's, all, I, I, I especially watch his other work because they're just so delightful. 
Um, I watched this is Alice shorts. in film. Yeah, this is Alice, uh, an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. Um, it is. Ugh, well, like, I don't even know how to describe this movie. I guess just like when I watch this movie, it so perfectly captures like childhood wonder and just seeing the world through a child's eye, which is a, which is a lot like the themes of the actual Alice in Wonderland story. And it's just I'm I'm in love. Like, I love movies that, like, ooze creativity, and this is, like, so this is, like, the perfect movie for me. And mm-hmm. I just, I love the crazy, crazy um, attention to detail and just all the, all the the thought put into, like, the look of everything and all mm-hmm. the materials he used and, like, how he chose to portray certain scenes and characters from the original story. I just, I, I, re- I really love it, and it just makes me really... It, it inspires me every time I watch it to just make art, which I yeah. think is one of the best things a movie can do. Definitely. I love this movie. I'm so happy Luca recommended it. So happy. It's like one of my favorite movies now. I'm not even joking. I love this movie so yeah. much. And I think the main takeaway that I kind of want to tie back to what Kyle was talking about, about relating it to kind of a theme within the episode is like what animation can do that everything else can't. And I think yeah. like there's the, there's that I like kind of old guard idea, not old guard, but like um, idea of like pure cinema, like the idea that like show don't tell all that stuff. I yeah, think like what's so yeah, and I think what's so interesting about this movie is how it kind of like subverts that, but also like kind of follows its principles in some kind of ways, because it essentially kind of functions as like um, almost like a silent film, and you have these sec- like these cuts when. Alice is talking about what's happening almost like in a silent film when the dialogue cards would come up in a way. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting. But then every scene in this movie, it, like I, I'm blown away because every scene in this movie introduces a new visual, like mechanical animation and like, like conceptual idea. Like not even every scene in this movie, like every three minutes, it introduces a new idea. Yeah. Ex- Explains the idea without feeling like exposition, sets it up, subverts the idea, says, does the, it's like insane. Like, yeah. on like a film making level, this movie is just insane. And yeah, yeah thank you for recommending it, Luca. Yeah, to me, this movie, it, it like, I think this, this movie is so creative and so like interesting to look at. But for me, the story just felt like so. No, like I, I would have liked this movie to watch like an art gallery. Yeah, it feels like, and less like a, a movie going experience for me. It like it just doesn't feel like it isn't like I don't I I, I don't get it, it. feels like a different experience from watching a movie. Like to me, the, it, the story just was not interesting to me at all. It was like her walking around and seeing things happen. Those things were so interesting, but like I, there wasn't anything like to keep me going other than the fact that I wonder what weird thing is going to be next. Like, I, I thought really to look at it was so um, interesting. I, I didn't find, As like, myself <laughs> No, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not gatekeeping here. No, we're not gatekeeping. No, I know. But as, like, someone who, who does, who's never really, like, seen is, is a lot of, like, here? art house cinema or anything, like, along the vein of, like, this film, like, I was really enraptured by, like, just, like, how they were able to, like, make these things that were like so like stagnant like even just like the doll's face how they capture so much emotion in that was really impressive to me but like and i was like so amazed by all these things that he's doing but then at some point i was like 
this sort of like wonderment of the film wore off and I was just like oh god like what is even happening like I, I feel like for me like as like someone who is really into like a lot of writing and like poetry and like I really enjoy like a narrative flow to a film and like something that I can take away from it um and I find it hard to like pay attention sometimes when there's no like main overarching message or something like that and uh yeah mm -hmm. I don't know. I would just say, I would just say, like, I feel like that. I feel like what you, what Abby and Callum, what you guys said, is totally valid. But I, I kind of think, like, I, I don't know. For me, like, the idea that film has to be one thing, like, it has to be a narrative, like, three act structure, like, beginning, middle, and payoff, like, punchline, all that stuff. It's like, I don't necessarily think films have to be defined by that. And I feel like this is the, one of the best cases of that. Exactly. No, and I, yeah, like I, I don't think it has to be that. I just feel like it's definitely an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. you know? I agree. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I think this movie's a. I think this movie's a little. I think I think this movie is one of those good ones. Those good movies. Well, what are what are those perfect blues, as they say? Mm -hmm. What? I don't know. To me, I just found myself getting so like bored. Like I found things cool. I just couldn't find myself like connected to what was happening it was like cool looking things but like it felt like it was all like form and no yeah, like, I'm not gonna function. Lie, there wasn't any like I, purpose for I, I don't I don't think see, I agree with that but I don't think that's a bad thing. I didn't find yeah I don't think that's a I I don't see that as a problem with the film you don't think films should like try to like keep your attention I do so. well no I feel, I feel I feel like no I feel like that that isn't I don't th I don't agree with that like it's like Calm was right in that it's just like it's a lot of like form and technique and and uh, visual storytelling without the lack of like real character development and all this stuff. But I don't think that you always have to look for character development and like the story arc for to be engaged. You don't have to look to that to be engaged. Yeah, definitely. To mm -hmm. me, it felt like a tech demo. It felt like him doing all the cool mm -hmm. things he could in like a certain amount of time, more than like like a movie, if that makes sense. I still mm -hmm. like I it. Just, like, I just, I, I just, I I like just see it in a different way. Like, I just of, think about it differently um, than the other movies. Like filmmaking, just like sort of lends itself to shorter, like a shorter time. I feel like if it was just like a little shorter, then I would have liked it more. I just feel like that it it was just kind of drawn out to the point where like they were adding like the cards fighting and then you know the queen was like oh off with their heads so then no one actually got beheaded and i was just like i don't they know got beheaded. they were trying to make it longer than it actually got we got beheaded oh yeah that's true but like they didn't do it for a while they did yeah but i mean i mean if 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 the beheading is uh your real issue then i suggest you don't, you don't if you want more beheading, watch Apocalypse Now. More beheading. I only want. Well, they weren't beheaded. Zero to ten. <laughs> and it's Man. like you you may, you may see this as a neg as like a, a negative thing that says the movie's bad, but I like compare watching this movie now to me playing with toys as a kid and like the worlds I would create in my head, and that's mm -hmm. something I can't capture anymore because of course, playing with toys is. I'm sorry, it just it does nothing for me. But this movie, <laughs> almost, this movie almost. <laughs> I'm sorry to all my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our, our, our toy playing audience is freaking out right now. Eight-year-olds <laughs> around the globe are throwing their trains. Oh my god, the lack of I'm sorry, but this movie does like almost mm -hmm. perfectly 
capture that feeling in me. Mm-hmm. This, like, and then, like, to me, it's like I'm completely fine if it not having like like a conventional story or character arcs or like anything because that alone is enough to keep me completely like attached and watching and, and just like watching in awe really every on every time mm, i agree to me also it felt it felt like it was so slow at the same time like it took her so like even like that when she wasn't mm-hmm. a doll when she was like a normal actor it took her so long it's to because do she was supposed to be like purpose. a doll but, she, but like she'd like turn her head and go like oh and like lift her hands yeah I get that, but it just like it just made the whole thing feel so like slow. I, I like, like that everything. Thing. We had to like to wait for it. Only like kind of one slow. thing could be happening at a time. It felt like, like to me because yeah. everything felt so slow. Yeah, boring. Boring. It was a boring kind of thing for me. That's just how we, that's how I disagree. I, like I do think every, everything looked so cool though. Like the way the little yeah, animals really moved. Looked, like I, really it was so creepy. creepy. I love how he's talking to me. Like why did he decide to do Oh my god! Oh, every time so Alex creepy. is like, "Please, Dad," <laughs> the way he looks at her is just oh my god. Oh, god. I like how he just like kept inside. Like chitters his teeth and runs away. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh. The sawdust, I, I, yeah. I'd like to see an actual kid's reaction to this movie. The sawdust. I think this is interesting though. At the beginning, it says this is a kid's movie. This is a movie for children. Like it says that yeah. explicitly to the camera. Perhaps, yeah, a film made for children, perhaps. Yeah, no, it's a film made for children, perhaps. Yeah, because the whole movie's tongue-in-cheek and, like, playful. Like, obviously, it's for, like, somebody who's, like... Actually, no, I I think I would show this movie to somebody who's, like, five years old. You would would show this movie to a five-year-old? I would. Because I think it's good for kids to be If I was five and I saw that, Emmanuel, if I I was your little five-year-old child... Emmanuel, if I if I was little Emmanuel Jr. at five years old running around with my like head at, at your knees and you showed me that movie, I think I would like. I don't think I'd be able to talk again. I feel like if you saw this movie as a kid, it, it would I wouldn't talk to you as a human for the rest of my life. Like that would ruin thing. me if I yeah. I, saw yeah, that. I, I completely agree. You are now. It would it would have ruined me. I like as a kid, I was such a little like wimp. I remember, I remember that's being weird. watching Coraline oh, that's in good. Years, that's a good and I, thing. I, I literally just turned around and plugged my ears for like after the first like ten minutes. That's a good show. I, Bro, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch I the movie. I didn't like it. I had nightmares. I couldn't child. sleep. If I saw this movie, I think no, I would spontaneously combust. <laughs> like I left the theaters like watching like the Muppets movie in Disney yeah. World. That's how scared as a kid I was. <laughs> Some kids are just scared of the idea of movies, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm making a promise that if I, I ever was, have a child I was, I'm, I'm not, showing I'm, this I shall not tell a lot when they're young. Like uh, how that's, 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 how <laughs> if 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 I if I if I ever have a child, I'm gonna make it. Me and Lucas kids will just run at your kids with their, into like, uh, weird with, with their phones and playing the movie. <laughs> he's gonna, my kid's gonna like have a diet of like protein powder and milk and he's gonna be yeah, a that kid, that kid like he's gonna die age one that, that and he's gonna have like abs <laughs> and he's gonna like beat the shit out of him play sports and like like made, they made their like kids play sports that's yeah, Callum, but like that reminds me of like when yeah. I was kid, the, the, the scariest movie was the remake of Killing the Chocolate Factory. Steroid. I remember um, one day my neighbor was moving out. They had, they had come over 
like I think I was like six or something, and they knocked at the I door, and I and I opened the door, and like they were they handed me right away their like like going away gift, and I opened it immediately, and like I scratched open the wrapping paper, and I saw the face of Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka, and I like screamed <laughs> in, like, myself. And I, was, I think it's the appropriate reaction no matter what age you are. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that scared yeah. you. This movie, no, this, like people say, he looks oh, so Michael weird. Man. I can't, I can't describe who he looks like. He looks like Michael someone in this movie. No, not Johnny Depp. He looks like Tabuscus. He looks like Tabuscus. He's just like they, they have like a filter over him, like making him more pale. He looks like Tabuscus, and, look, and he looks like blurry. Tabuscus. Like I, 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 I generally I don't think that in this film. Like I, I, I mean, oh, this. Yeah. You know, looks like he looks like Peter Pettigrew. He does. He does like, look like exactly Peter Pettigrew. Exactly the same vibe. If you fuck with Peter Pettigrew, you'll fuck with this movie. And I don't want to. I don't know if I want to fuck with. Oh, wait, actually, no. I don't. I don't fuck with Peter Pettigrew, but I fuck with this movie. This so, is what the people came here for. What the people give the people what they want. Okay, but the question is, what was everyone? Uh, this movie. Uh, this uh, all right. So concluding. So concluding thoughts, everyone. Because <laughs> we're all. Yeah, not, we're this all is the first. The, movie it's the first half of the worm pod. Yeah. Watch this movie. With Watch your this movie with your parents if you have any. Yeah, when your when your parents like ninety five and like they're in like. Uh, they're, like yeah, I'm, half, I'm not coma, laughing at that. Trusting this movie at like two hundred percent brightness. Uh, animation <laughs> movies are good. Some of them, boring. some of them not. So that is the worm puppy decision. Six out of fives for everything but Perfect Blue. Hey. And, yeah. Here we go. I will do them in reverse color. Yep. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Uh huh. Perfect Blue number one. Oh wait. Yeah. Perfect Blue number one. What did I say? Oh wait. Uh, Alice. <laughs> Fritz the Cat. Belladonna. You're really putting Fritz the Okay. What is wrong with you? Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I cannot believe it. Bella Donna. Fritz the Cat. Okay. Okay. Bella Donna is before Fritz the Cat. It is before. Better. No, no, no. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Perfect Blue. No, I'm going. Perfect Blue. Uh, Bella Donna, You're close third, Fritz the Cat, <sighs> Alice in a different section of the yeah. shopping mall. Uh, so obviously my number one is Fritz the Cat. disgusted by the fact that I don't like this movie. Yes, sir. No, number Who's one, two, number two, yes, Bella Donna, number three, Alice, number four, um, my favorite movie, personal favorite, but lowest on my ranking, yeah, Fritz the Cat. The objective best movie of all time, Fritz the Cat. Yeah. Um, first thing is getting the lowest negative spot on my list. I think Fritz the Cat's awesome. I think Fritz the Cat's a beautiful movie. I'll say it. You know, oh, like watercolor fine. shots where it's like uh, the perspective uh, of like the Numbers one, two, four, are all Fritz the Cat. Oh, you know, a uh, 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 new ranking, new ranking. Emmanuel <laughs> Callum, Abby, Luca. What? <laughs> 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 hey, 
one, not everyone has to write the worm pod members. Abby, Abby, since you were yes, you have the objective, like, you have the objective list, okay? Rank the three of us. Oh, well, obviously, pod number one. What? Um, I'm gonna be so hurt. Uh, yes, sir. Um, number one fan, gotta say, on the podcast. Um, number two, uh, Emmanuel. Make him tie. Make him tie. Because, yes, yeah, just because I wanted to put Luca at the bottom. Yeah, next week, next week, we're going to be doing thriller movie, thriller movies? And I think what so. I say like that? I think it's thriller movies. I'm not sure. You know, they just tell me what to do. If I'm at. The, before, the day before, like, oh, man, you'll watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then, then your, your produ- our producers. Yeah, our producers. So the movies for next week um, are Luca's movie is The Cure. My movie is Good Time. Callum's movie is No Country for Old Men, and Fiona's movie, who will be our guest next week, I'll cut this out, if it's not happening, Gone Girl. Thank you for listening to Warm Pubia Podcast. Calm is not cool. Got him. I'm the coolest. Bye. <laughs>